and good morning and welcome to the Lonely Hearts Club today. Good morning, <laughs> Leslie. <laughs> good morning, Pam. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a uh, wonderful December. Can you believe it? I know. Happy I know. December, friends. Absolutely happy December. It's uh, tw- what's today? December 2nd. So it's uh, oh my. 23 more days of I think less than that, right? 22, because you can't stop on Christmas Day. Maybe it's 22. Although I guess you can. Christmas Day. You can at the gas station or one of the drugstores. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that was a a trip down down memory lane when I uh, would do that (laughs) when I was younger. Well, it was the last last stop. You know, uh, usually, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was like you know, he got paid the day before Christmas and uh, didn't get out because you were too much busy partying <laughs> up with the office or whatever. So who knows? But that was my single days when we would have friends Christmas. Like if I could oh, I love that. Christmas that friends Christmas so. is great with your yeah. family. Your family oh, of choices. We I like to crazy. say. Uh, yeah, and we would do things like we uh, <laughs> this one year we went out and bought things for everybody, but they couldn't mm-hmm. be over like five dollars or whatever silly number it was. And um, this one guy, Glenn, he brought to the dinner uh, a, a a dress for my friend Suzanne, and it was a Barbie wow. dress. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was, it was <laughs> I love it. Like I love that. it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yes, yes, yes. So we, you know, I chose Lonely Heart because today's chapter is all about the Lonely Heart. Well, it definitely is one. Poor Paul. His realization. <laughs> that features pining. And Betty is already yeah. counting her days till Paul's, her sweet Paul's birthday, only 21 days to go, but who's counting, right? And so many friends are on chat this morning. It's so wonderful to see you all. Uh, Good morning, uh, good afternoon, and good evening from wherever you're coming from. I, Elena, appreciated your song choice. Um, (laughs) Ellie goes, ah, is this song for Betty's Paul? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just for Paul. And we try to think. Yes, and Anna uh, Elena said she's not anywhere ready for December. I'm joining you in that, and I'm so happy to see our friend so from the South, Miss Cheryl, um, joining us today. Um, I know it's mm-hmm. been just such a hard couple weeks, Cheryl, and sending you lots of love. She said, "Good morning, ladies. Thanks for your support." As I dealt with Grandpa seeing his last days your words of support, and the pretty flowers. So I'm so glad that you're enjoying them. And Anna's saying it's a good, chilly, rainy morning, ladies. Um, Yes, she's wishing us well. It is overcast here in Harrisburg, a couple hours away from you, Anna. So um, everyone bundle up. If you need to, I don't think Lori does out in Texas, or Brenda and Nola. Um, and yes, Elena also <laughs> commented on what a wonderful service, um, 
for her grandfather, and uh, she was happy we posted the online link. So, yeah. Well, it was <laughs> it was a beautiful service, and and Cheryl's eulogy was very very yeah. good. I thought. Yeah. It, so um, anyway, and as Betty said, today's podcast it's, is all about Paul. 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 Our dear, dear Paul, mm. our t- dear, heartbroken, misunderstood yeah. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> and wow, I'm just seeing as we as we go into the chapter, Anna notes that her quick her quick grabs usually um, at the uh, of the beverage variety, and she's getting salted caramel crown royal this year, which that sounds delicious. Nice. I might have to try that. Um, I actually corrected my coffee this morning. Uh, I, I did. I haven't done that in, I, I dare say, months. So I came across a little bottle of uh, Bailey's in the back of my, my cabinet. <laughs> and there was just honestly almost probably even half of, a, half of a pour. It was just a little bit, but enough to add flavor for sure. We used to have this guy Larry at where I worked, and uh, our our coffee pot because we had like a, a bun machine mm-hmm. or whatever they are was on top of a, a two drawer file cabinet, and Larry always kept a bottle of Bailey's in the top drawer. <laughs> so anybody wanted to correct the coffee, could Larry was a bit strange, but I mean he would. He he loved playing guitar, and he was a programmer. And he, when he thought things through, mm-hmm. he was usually doing something else while he was doing whatever. And he had these. Uh, he would bring an electric guitar into work, and he had these speaker things that hung around his neck to play the guitar with. You know, so it was very interesting when you're trying to talk to a client on the phone. Oh and, and you did not shut your your office door. You'd have well, this guitar music playing in the background. Entertaining <laughs> while while on the on the on the job. That's yeah. That's okay. And I see we keep having more friends join us. It's so good to oh, see yes. you, Deanna. Yes. And uh, great to see Floor, and of course Shell coming in at thirty eight degrees in Vegas. That's chilly. Elena's sunny and 48 in Maine, but wait temps oh, dropping in a few hours and chance of rain or flurries. I I heard I heard. We had our first um, case I did of not snow hear, this week. There were some people that was cool um, around my area that did. We did have a power outage that caused me to leave my home so I could find Wi-Fi so I could finish mm-hmm. my my job um, the other day. That. Was the roof is lovely. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy. How, how, it, how's, how's your just roof? in time for the one really big rainstorm we had, and no more <laughs> leaking. It was. It's really, really good. I'm. I am relieved. Um, oh well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it was. So. It was a long time coming. Um, I can imagine one of I those things we pushed, would be but pushed off because of COVID, frankly, and. Um, I'm really glad it's done. Uh, and it mm-hmm. looks beautiful, too. I'm very happy about that. Um, Betty is saying Paul needs more screen time in the third installment of the film. Just no mm-hmm. long kissing scenes between Allison and Paul. Um, 
right. And Shell says, is Paul really misunderstood? <laughs> I can, I, I have been, I am telling you guys, I've been waiting for this discussion because there are so many strong feelings about our dear Paul. Um, <laughs> and mm-hmm. Cheryl, you're mm-hmm. making me laugh. Uh, a doctor I worked for had his coffee all morning with Bailey's, poured in each day as he worked. And Anna says, hey, nobody knows what's in the Yeti. Whatever it takes. <laughs> um, and, true. You know, that is true. Going back. Um, Anna also notes peach crown and crystal light peach tea is an all day drink. <laughs> so that's good to keep under consideration there. Um, mm-hmm. Betty's saying, yes, Paul is misunderstood. If it weren't for yeah, Gabriel, Paul would be the that leading man in this novel. <laughs> and Shell said, but the story would not be if he were the leading person. It'd be a totally different story. And in fact, we have said it would same. be great to have a book about Paul. I think that would be interesting. Shell notes that Paul is the leading man in his own life, not in Gabriel's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Betty says, in my eyes, this series... Um, both Paul and Gabriel are leading men. They would be good husbands for Julia. I believe that Paul <laughs> Paul feels that way for sure. That is the truth. Of course you um, do. And I think Paul Paul is mm-hmm. a really good man. It's just he's not the one Absolutely. that Julia fell in love with. I think there was an old uh, song. I'm trying to remember. I think it was yes. the animal. Yeah. That was like, please don't let me be misunderstood. Anna says, I truly hope Paul gets his girl. That's Paul. Just leave That's our Paul. Julian Gabriel alone. And the teaser. Well, you know I wanted to shake sense into whining Julia. <laughs> oh, I know. You guys, mm-hmm. you guys mm-hmm. the podcast, I'm telling you, I love the whole discussion. And Lori says course, that's a whole course. different story, Betty. Uh, it would be a story I I would love that. And I know <laughs> I think that's one of SR's note cards of possible topics to write about. I know he's talked about that before. Um, that is that is mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's hinted at it. Well, and Shell notes that Paul, Anna. She said to Anna, it. "I thought of you with that teaser." <laughs> You can hear Anna in your head, right, saying, oh, gosh, stop it. So speaking oh, yeah. of our beloved oh, yeah. author and, and his ideas. Oh, yeah, news, absolutely. Um, oh, and before mm-hmm. we go there, well, um, yeah. Cheryl noted that the peach crown is a hot commodity in the South, and Anna is, Flora's taking notes about uh, your beverage uh um, your beverage off- offering beverage with the peach Julie? crown and peach, um, yes, tea. Well, I the was hot commodity in Pennsylvania. We buy three when it's in stock. And Betty said, if Paul treated Julia the way Simon treated her, then I would agree that Paul would be a bad choice. And Gabriel knows Paul is a good man, and mm-hmm. that's why he's feels threatened by Paul, which I think is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. is true. And also the fact that Paul was there when Gabriel treated her badly. 
Um, that's and true. her that her is fond- true. That's her fault. True. I think that makes him a bit crazy and jealous. I think, but that's because mm-hmm. he had been. He never feels worthy enough for Julia. Um, so back to SR World, Pam. Back to SR share, World. Share some Let's of the see. news with us. Yeah, we do have a few things. He said uh, the the ebook for the Roman is getting ready to relaunch, and hopefully, I'll have a release date soon. Um, looking forward to beginning our Advent reading with the first reading in Advent and Christmas wisdom with Henry J M Nguyen. No one, no one. Um, and that is starts Sunday, uh, tomorrow, actually, Tomorrow's on the 3rd. So you can get the book through Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little book. I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I actually started reading it yesterday. And um, it, it, it's very thoughtful to a point where I, my sister is even going to join us on the podcast that day, believe it or not, and which will be interesting. And... Um, also recommending it to a friend, her sister-in-law. She gets, she's sending it to her as a little advent thing. Yeah. In, in that uh, that's one. No this is one thing it. I that is on my list of things to do today. I have to buy this book. I have to find it so mm-hmm. I can read it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a, it really is. It's not bad. I mean, you basically read, a, a, you know, like a, every day there's like a two-pager. You know, just a little description, some uh, uh, scripture reading, and and some food for thought. Um, he's also going to be hosting with the, uh, along with Argyle Empire, a watch along of Gabriel's Redemption Part Two over on his uh, author Facebook page on Sunday, December tenth at seven p.m. Eastern. He's looking forward to everyone's comments on the film. And then, of course, the 10th anniversary of the publication of Gabriel's Redemption is December 13th. And he will be hosting a giveaway. So, Can we just take a minute here and just reflect on the fact that this is the 10th anniversary of that book? I cannot believe that. Just cannot believe it's been 10 years. I know. I, I, know. I Time flies when you're having fun. And if you think about it, it's gone back even further because it, you know the the inferno and, and redemption starting in on fan fiction and then moving on from there. Yeah, and it's it just you know it gives me pause because that time of my life, I there was so much going on. Um, mm-hmm. I just can't believe it's been ten years. Yeah, it has been. Yep. Um, he noticed that the Gabriel's blue blanket, blue plaid blanket from the film went on sale on the Passion Flick store last week and sold out also, I think, within this mm-hmm. week. Uh, and he is trying to find out if it will be restocked. And uh, he also, I know he posted this last night. He didn't send this to us, Leslie, but he posted that there will be a uh, discount code for Passion Flicks for when Part Three re- re- is released on. I believe that's the fourteenth. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's uh, three ninety nine US for uh, the first three months, and and the code for it is G R E D three. So he does, and that code will be valid through December thirty first. There will be a small um, commission that he receives out of that, but it's not passed on to the to the subscriber. E-R-E-D-3, um, right? He, I just put it in the chat. G- yes. Yeah. And uh, he also says, S says, have 
a great weekend, everyone, and please join me in praying for peace in the Middle East. Which we have been, I know, I've been praying yes. for peace globally, not just specifically the Middle East, but mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, and there are lots of chats. I will, I will pick up, we can pick up some of the discussion on Paul, but I did want to say there's been a lot of chat here around SR News and the um, blanket, apparently, looks like um, it looks like Elena is enjoying a blanket. I think Floor said it's a great blanket. So cozy. Yeah, it looks very cozy. And and I almost pulled the trigger on it last weekend when I saw it. Yeah, well, that's that's the story of my life, right? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, get it together. Get it together, together. Leslie. (laughs) Um, No, I I think I'm glad to hear that the blanket uh, that so many people are enjoying it, and I do hope that they restock it. I have a feeling that it seems like it's a really popular item. Um, Michelle says Betty needs a ball blanket passion flicks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shell, that's hilarious. And Betty says, yes, I do. A special edition blanket. <laughs> and before mm-hmm. um, we, we begin the chapter, there has been some great discussion. And I'm Anna, I'm telling you, I was hoping you would be on today. I knew Betty would be uh, ready um, but I knew you'd have great comments and insights. So um, super happy you could join. Um, one of the things that Anna had said is, please, Gabriel's threatened because Julia emotionally cheats with Paul. Um, I don't know, though, really. I mean, how can she feel, how could Gabriel be insecure about her feelings for him. Um, but she does. You're right. I, I'm not, I don't, I, well, she leads them on basically. I think without realizing, I do think she's clueless, but I, I do also think, I mean, just cross the line. Um, and is not being thoughtful and considerate to Gabriel's feelings. Shell said Mm -hmm. it's neither, Paul nor Gabriel's decision that matters. It's Julia's. And Paul doesn't seem to want to accept that it's Julia's decision. Um, mm-hmm. Flora agreed that it's Julia's decision. Um, Shell also agreed with Anna. And there was more I saw from Anna. She said, I wish Paul wasn't so enamored and a dish rag regarding Julia. Both Gabriel and Paul mm-hmm. need to treat her like she treats them. She isn't the effing angel they think. She forgives Tom because she wants the fantasy of the perfect father when he's a skank but throws every woe of G in his face. She's used Paul terribly in the name of friendship. She has, but again, I don't think she really realizes that. You know, she- I, I, I think she's led a fairly sheltered life, even though she's had a crazy mother and a crazy father. Um, I don't think she's as street smart or as um, logical about it. And she does want that fantasy family. She, and she fantasizes 
I'm not really genocide, but she looks at uh, um, Gabriel's father a lot, Richard, as as like the perfect family. Even you well, know, it's and Anna because that's what her experience was. I'm. This is just a, a straight out question um, to Anna. Is her all of her damage from her childhood? Is that one of those things that kind of put her in this position that she? hasn't fully, fully grown. She's kind of in that childlike state. And I'm not trying to make an excuse for her. I was just trying to understand, is that part of her issue? Um, you know, that she, she wants the fantasy. She's kind of living in some ways, um, very sheltered, I guess. Pam, I thought that was Mm -hmm. a good word, but I'm just curious about that. Um, Elena said, tell really Phil Anna and uh, Shell said there's more truth there um, uh, much more truth there um, because you know I can see what you know living with an alcoholic can do to children my, my, um, my cousin my, my mother's brother-in-law was a horrible alcoholic and um, my cousin Helen the, it was their oldest. She would hide in her room. Yeah. And, be, you know, she'd come home from school, go right to her room. She didn't get involved in any of the sports. Now, she went to a private school, a small private school. And it was, I think she had maybe 20 people in her graduating class. That's, a, you know, the size school she went to. And it's uh, like, but... She would come home, do what she had to, you know, whatever chore she had to do for herself, be in a room the entire time, read, study, read, study some more. And uh, that would be it. That was her life until she met her first husband. And then, you know, she didn't go out anywhere, really. She never really dated anybody. She did have a, a date to the prom, but there was never any specific boyfriends in, in mm-hmm. her life. And I just, you know, when when she got divorced from her first husband, she was on she was under this whole bubble where you don't get divorced, uh-huh. you know. And and when he left, and she said, you know, I went to the bank and took out the money that I brought to the marriage. She had like a maybe five thousand dollars when she married her ex husband. And she took that out, and that was gonna that was gonna make her survive. And she had four kids. Now he was a doctor; he did well. I mean, there was there was not there was, you know, support and everything else that went through that. But um, yeah, she just it was like she didn't know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I just I and I kind of imagine Julia growing up that way. Yeah. Well, um. Anna had said, of course, her childhood is coloring this. Abused children protect their parents. Mm-hmm. But she talks poorly and doesn't forgive her mother, but she is totally forgiving of Tom. And going back up into the comments, and thank you for that, Anna. Um, Shell, Shell, and Shell's always said this um, and is very has been very open on her opinion of Tom. Tom is a horrible parental unit, she said. And she says he's a skank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Betty said that she agrees with Anna that Julia was not always fair with Gabriel and especially Paul. Look at Paul. He is sexy, kind, and sweet. 
Betty, we know how you feel about Paul. Um, Cheryl notes yes. that she shared things she didn't share with Gabriel. Very true. And Elena says, I think mm-hmm. Gabriel was very insecure in the beginning. But now that she's his wife, I feel that has calmed down. After all, he did tell Paul it would upset Julia if Paul broke contact with you. Um, true. And Betty says, Paul accepts her decision. Why do you think he didn't attend the wedding and interrupt the ceremony? He is hurt. I can't blame him for needing space and time to heal his broken heart. I think that's true. I th- that's true. Um, he does. And Shell says, in this series, Betty, I cannot see that of Paul. And it says, Paul begins to accept. Then Julia starts the needy girl crap. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Paul and, looks, and for, I think Paul looks for that statement. from her, though, too. I think it's kind of, uh, he likes being that, that hero, that Well, it kind of reminds me a little bit. Remember the proposal? Yeah. The movie, yeah. The Proposal, and... Um, Kate Winslet's character and, uh, you know, she's like been with this guy for like three years and he, he, she's crazy about him. She'd do anything for him. And he like emotionally abuses her with his neediness of like, I need you as a friend. I need you to read Mm -hmm. this. And and then announces the engagement to another woman. I mean, uh, so kind of a little bit reminds me like that. Um, Ellie says, Gabriel even calls Julia out a few times for stringing Paul along. Um, and Shell says that he is sweet and kind and all that. And, and which is true. Season, season of forgiveness, folks, Elena says. I'm not feeling that Tom is a skank. Very late, but we see him in a different light with his new love and the baby. Um, yeah. Shell notes that Tom did abandon her. Ellie said she is naive to think she and Paul can still be friends at this point. And well, didn't you invite ex-boyfriends to your wedding? <laughs> um, actually, as a matter of fact, I did. But it was, you know, a long time, a long ago childhood thing. Like it, very different, you know, very different. Oh, this this was a few months. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you ask the question. Like, huh? Well, yeah, I did, but I I I invited some and not all. Um, but alas, no, I didn't invite all either. But I did invite yeah. a couple. Anna says there were there were no ex girlfriends at this wedding. No. <laughs> Anna says she was and with. Simon and his by she was involved with Simon and his affluent family she had to have been involved in that society she's not dumb she enjoyed that lifestyle and accepted how Simon treated her she only didn't want the sexual stuff which was their bone of contention it was a bit presumptuous that Julia even invited Paul to the wedding well there I contest that Julia I still think Julia is pretty clueless she's not seeing it she's in denial whatever um I think that's why she invited him and she does view him as a friend and I don't think she, she, she either willingly or unwillingly does not see the effect that she's had on him. Um, Cheryl says Julia just needs regular visits to the shrink. She makes me mad. I feel her interaction with the baby is strange. 
Um, Betty says, I love how we are so deep in this discussion and we haven't even started discussing the chapter yet. I know, Betty, I keep, I keep trying. There's so many good comments, though. I don't want to not engage everybody. Um, Paul wants to be the knight in shining armor and feels superior Mm -hmm. to Gabriel regarding the drugs and sexual aspects, but inferior regarding the academic financial aspects. Uh, Betty says, I learned this from observing Mm -hmm. Princess Diana's life. Never let your future husband Uh. invite his ex to (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, that, 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 yes, that's a, that's yes, a horse of a totally different um, color there. Cheryl <laughs> notes, I wouldn't have invited Paul because of his feelings. I'd be scared he would crash the wedding. Well, he could have crashed it anyway. Um, truly, you know, I just think of the scene at the graduate, right? True. Running in at the end. Um, yeah. And, and pad bounding on the window and grabbing her and you use a, did he use a crucifix <laughs> to keep the crowd away while they ran out Floor to get notes. the bus? Hence Gabriel calling Paul Angel Fucker in the beginning. Gabriel knows Paul is a good man and knew that Julia and he are friends, mm-hmm. but that Paul had feelings for her too. Lori thinks Julia did not see Paul as an ex boyfriend. Saw him friend. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> this was a family destination wedding, Anna said. Yes. But if someone was bent on trying to interrupt it, I think they would go all out. Um, Paul's not that obsessed, though. He wouldn't have done that. I think he wanted to stay because he was hurt. He couldn't watch her marry him. No, he could that. He couldn't. (laughs) But no, he would. I I don't think he, you know, I don't think he would have tried to do pull a Dustin Hoffman on that. Yeah. And... (laughs) Yeah, Betty Gabriel saying, Julia, Paul loves you, Julia, as if, but Shell notes, Paul said, no matter what, I will always be your friend. And that's true. Mm -hmm. And on that note, we are going to start the chapter. Yes, go ahead. My, 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 my couch for both G and J, then we will get Paul involved too. Believe me, Jay will need boxes of tissues. Neither G nor Paul will be permitted to soothe her from the truth and questions. I would love to see that session, Anna. Mm-hmm. And Betty said, remember Rachel from Friends? She flew to London to interrupt Ross and Emily's wedding. Emily's when there's wedding. a will, there's a way. <laughs> yes, this is true. So starting... That is true. <laughs> Starting, Starting chapter, chapter 25. It's okay. It's a short chapter. This is one of the reasons why I thought we could be discussing because it is short, um, but there's yeah. a lot to unpack in it. And we are now back in um, Essex Junction, Vermont, in August after the mm-hmm. seminar. Paul's sitting at the kitchen table, staring at his laptop. He'd been home from Oxford for a couple of weeks. And every day he'd open his laptop to send Julie an email. And every day he could not. He just couldn't do it. She had sent him an email from Rome and she told him about the museum in the Vatican, urging him to visit the next time he was in Rome. Um, And I did want to share with you this link to the Vatican Museum, um, which is the website itself is visually beautiful just like 
the Vatican itself. And it's, they call it the Vatican, the Museum of Museums. It not only houses the extensive collections of art, archaeology, and um, ethno-anthropology gathered by the popes over the centuries, but also contains the apostolic palaces, most extraordinary and artistically significant rooms. So there's a whole, it's not just one museum, it's a series of museums. Mm -hmm. um, it really is a beautiful site, and obviously in many languages, because it's the Vatican. Um, I'm going to put this in, you can kind of explore it um, mm -hmm. when you have the chance, um, because it does, it, it looks breathtaking. Um, and, you know, Paul really didn't need to be urged to go to Rome and to see the Vatican Museum. Um, and he certainly was not happy with the reminder that she had married Gabriel and was jet-setting around Europe with her dashing older husband, who was trying to talk mm -hmm. her into having a baby. Mm -hmm. Bastard was the only word he could use for Gabriel. And, you know, <laughs> this was really eating at Paul. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, as Anna notes, Paul, that is not a healthy friendship. And sweet Paul, parting is such sweet sorrow, Betty notes. Um, mm -hmm. And Betty also noted that Julia, Paul's family is not as financially as wealthy as the Clarks. How do you suppose they will afford a trip to Rome when Papa Norris is recovering from a heart attack? Hmm. Um, and and like if Paul, there's a will, there's well, a way. Well, and also I think, I think it really was just going to be for Paul. Um, I think she wanted him to be feel included. Um, Anna says, like pause the time and funds to travel to Rome. Yeah, I mean, it is a good point. He's he's trying to finish the dissertation. He's mm -hmm. um, he has he's a got lot a lot of work ahead of him right now. And Shell notes the baby topic is not his business. He isn't her friend anymore. So get over it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know. Paul's thinking and reflecting and, you know, he's a rugby player. He was tough, but somehow this slip of a young woman from Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania, and we do say Sealands Grove in central Pennsylvania. It's not Stellens Grove. Just a side note, mm -hmm. um, had gotten under his skin. She had turned his life upside down and now he was afraid of doing what he was doing. And he just was kind of chastising himself. This is ridiculous, he thought, as he continued to write the email. Um, Shell notes that Julia is a tad delusional with trying to keep up the friendship when she has made her decision. And love makes Paul a teddy bear. Shell's a teddy bear. Shell says, "Stop stringing him along." Um, and I, mm -hmm. I, as we get into the chapter, that whole idea of being um, him being misled. And um, is is further developed. So we had a couple questions for SR on this. First, um, overall, did you envision Paul ending his friendship with Julia when he first started writing this book? And SR said, I knew that the relationship between Paul and Julia would have to change over time. But readers should know that we see Paul in Gabriel's promise and the relationship does continue to evolve. Um, 
mm-hmm. which as those of us who've read the book know. Um, I, I do like the fact that he went in knowing that that arc is going to be different. Um, second, mm-hmm. why was Paul intent on ending his friendship with Julia? And SR said, imagine things from his point of view. He loves Julia and wants to marry her, but she marries someone else. That has to be a really difficult thing to watch. And the closer he is to her, the worse it is. Yeah, I mean, on, on, if you just look at from his point of view, no matter what the he should be or should not be thinking, oh, it is a painful thing. I mean, completely. You know, the, the, worst, the worst kind of love in the world is unrequited love. Yeah, and he has that in spades. Big time, big time. As a person who has been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, yeah. it's very painful. Anna says, I wish Paul's mom mm-hmm. would just call Julie and tell her to leave her son alone and quit stringing him along. From the mom and grandma of boys, Julia is toxic. And Betty said, the truth is finally out. The boss has spoken to Paul. Um, well, I mean, it is. I, I don't think anyone denies that Paul is really hurt and really in love with her rightly or wrongly um right he he can't he can't take it he can't he can't he can't go through this torture anymore uh no i mean you can you can't help who you love but you can you can help how you deal with it right and especially in situations like julia's and floor notes julia needed what to let go and know that their friendship has to shift now that she's married. I mean, come on, she has to know it's not fair to Paul. And that's no, I I think she's too, I think she's too sheltered. I don't think she does have a clue on that. I I just think she's blind to it. She doesn't see what she, what's in front of her. She's in denial. Mm -hmm. Del notes that's Paul's Mm -hmm. problem though. And he tries to make it Gabriel's problem. Um, we had a couple other questions for SR. Um, one more about um, the, Vatican. the Vatican. And uh, we say we asked him, you referenced the Vatican Museum in her letter to Paul. Have you visited the museum? And if so, do you, what do you remember about it? And SR said, the Vatican Museum is incredible. It's a real treasure trove of amazing artifacts, frescoes, and artwork. The crown jewel of the collection is, of course, the Sistine Chapel. So if you have a chance to visit or to visit again, please do. You'll enjoy it. And he said, I think that Tosca and Melanie toured the Vatican Museum prior to the filming in Italy of Gabriel's Rapture. I believe. Yeah, I remember they, I I believe they did. And I I could be wrong, but I think that maybe someone helped get them. I think Julio and I think Julio's family helped uh, facilitate. Yeah. If I'm yeah, remembering I the story, so um, and Anna regarding because it was right after the opening of the after the pandemic too, so they were very stingy about the amount of time people could go into the. Well, it was still and... it was still yeah it was still during the height of the times when they were finally letting people yeah. in. They got yeah. special permission. Anna says honestly, Betty, I am Team G. I want Paul to have a good relationship. And mostly anti-Julia. And Lori says, I love everybody's point of view. 
I never thought Julia was leading Paul along or that she was manipulating him in any way. I never saw Paul as a bad guy ever. It's very interesting to me. And Shell says she gets her blindness to situations from Tom. So um, as we continue on. Denial is a good place <laughs> to be. Sometimes. Yes, it's not. So, so a not river just in Egypt, Egypt right? <laughs> um, right. And it's a beautiful river um, in Egypt at that. Uh, Floor said, good point on Shell regarding Tom's horrible pan parenting to Julia. So as Paul's writing, he heard a knock at the door. Betty, brace yourself. Are you ready for this? Um, there was Allison, his old girlfriend, standing there with a couple of Dunkin' Donuts coffees. Hi, she said, and thought that he could use a cup. So she stopped by. He didn't respond to her and asked if... And she asked if he was working on his dissertation. And she didn't mean to interrupt because she could feel right away as she entered that there was. Yeah, there, there he was, was something in some kind of a headspace that was not his normal headspace. And um, she handed him a coffee and just said, here, you know, go ahead. I enjoy the coffee. I'll just go. And Paul said, wait, um, come on in. And, um, so she did. And as we look in the chat, there's some more, more discussion here. Shell said, I'd be resentful that Tom is all about his new kid and his second chance. But what about his first child? Um, that's another, that's mm. another discussion for another day, Shell, but we definitely put a pin in that one. Betty said, you know, I would love to read an alternate universe story where Julia has to see Gabriel marry Paulina and now she has to be the friend. See how that would feel, Julia. <laughs> and Allison, where do I begin with you, Betty says. Shell notes that Allison is to Paul what Paul is to Julia, wanting someone that doesn't choose them. It is a very, uh, I, yeah, Shell, it's, it's that unrequited um, in, in, in some respects. Um, but, but well, the they, they dated beforehand. Right. I was just going to say, but there is a I, difference, and the difference is that they dated beforehand, and they both chose to. It wasn't one rejecting the other. They both mutilated. Paul was doing his thing, and she was doing her thing. So it was kind of a mutual split. So I think there's there's the mm -hmm. difference. But, I mean, right now, Paul is definitely not choosing Allison. Yeah, no, I know. I, 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 I know a young woman who's going with that now. She's in her first year of teaching. Her and her boyfriend from I think when she was sixteen uh, moved to uh, San Antonio. Mm. And my friends in San Antonio. He would prefer. He would prefer her going down there, and she's yeah here. Well, that, so. that's a major life decision. You gotta, you gotta decide if. Uh, mm. What, what, what is right for you and what is right in your heart. Um, mm -hmm. Betty says, I know that Allison means well, but she's not an, she has an agenda. I'm not a fan of her. Um, Shell said, Allison chose not to continue, I thought. She didn't want a long distance relationship. Um, Betty notes Allison and Paul dated before Allison decided to break up. They still spoke because it was an amicable mm -hmm. breakup. Okay, so I was wrong on that. 
I always interpreted it as kind of a mutual thing. Well, that's an amicable Yeah, but process. Allison, if Allison made the choice, then that, that again, is, is a difference between her and um, her situation to Julia's. Yeah, that's Elena true. said Allison was the one to break it off with Paul, but she's now regretting her decision. Yeah, she's seeing he's the one that got away. Um, mm-hmm. So as Allison walked... And I think she's a little jealous of Julia, too. Well, yeah. I mean, nothing makes you see what you're missing when you see someone else enjoying what you're missing, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Betty said she made the choice, not him. He respected the choice. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, that he respected but, that choice and not the choice Julia made. Um, no. So, it, it, the shoe's on a different foot, though. I don't think the relationship was as serious as one thought it was. Right. Well, and, uh, you know, and with Julia, it was totally different. Mm-hmm. Lots of opinions. He fell hard. Yeah, he did. He did, but he's he's not accepting. He he's he's really not been able to come to terms with the fact that she chose someone else, who he feels is dangerous to her. So Allison was going into the kitchen. She sat down, and she said, "I hadn't heard from you since you've gotten back from England. Um, how was it?" Um. Paul had been busy, he said. He was getting his ass kicked by his dissertation director, and he had a lot of ground to cover before September. So he he was telling her how stressed out he was about his, his work, mm-hmm. when I think that's obviously, we know he's kind of deflecting the real issue there. Yeah, he is. And, but, you know, like she's, when she asked, he also said the paper was well-received yeah. and in Oxford, and he, but he had to... Uh, got to talk to his director quite a bit, and uh, then she asked if she was there. Right. Yeah, which, I mean, I thought that was interesting that she chose to just ask it. it didn't even name or her. She just there. She. Right. Yeah. And Paul sharply reminded her that her name was Julia. <laughs> so... Uh, Anna commented, both G and J were let down by my my system. J had, was an abused and neglected child. Intervention occurred and the father came forward. Then returned her to the abusive mother because parenting didn't fit in his lifestyle. G had a different type of neglect with biofamily and, and there was no adoption counseling services, Rita Clark. <laughs> Neither had a secure relationship with a caretaker prior to the five years old five years old they had uh, um, they had uh, received attachment disorder symptoms uh, reactive detachment disorder systems and their individual therapists separate perpetrated separation ism and they needed couples therapy to do both could heal together and then Ellie was like, yeah, I think Allison didn't want the long-distance relationship, but they then seeing him pining for someone else catches her interest again. And thinking now he is closer to home and wanting to rekindle that relationship. But she needs to respect he is dealing with his father and Julia's, Julia's loss. Um, she should just be there for him. 
Yeah. And is saying, why doesn't Paul mm-hmm. love Allison or give Allison the consideration and passes that he gives to Julia? Um, because he has her on that pedestal, Anna. Right. Um, I know that was a rhetorical mm-hmm. question on your part. Um, Elena says jealousy, not just absence, makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> and Ben says, but I feel like she only wants Paul back because she wants to have whatever feels familiar. I think Allison feels that lost mm-hmm. and is willing to go back to Paul because she doesn't want to be alone. Although Paul is a wonderful man and he is a great friend, but their relationship seems to be in a different place. And this friendship feels a bit forced, but maybe I'm just jealous. I don't know. I think, I think the familiarity point is a good one. Um, and I do think the fact mm-hmm. that he has really, he does have some wonderful qualities. Um, and I think that's attractive. I think she's understanding um, what a special person Paul is. Um and I do think you're jealous, but because mm-hmm. Paul is yours. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And well, you know, Allison also reminded him that she had met Julie in the kitchen and uh, and then asked how she was doing. Um, and he told her that Julie was doing good and her husband was there as well. And Allison noticed that he wasn't happy and remarked mm-hmm. that he didn't sound happy. And when he didn't respond, she asked how uh, how Julie was doing, and she apologized. So I think I think uh, his headspace is nowhere near mm-hmm. where Allison's is at this moment in time, and she just like puts him off. So Paul gave her a half smile and asked why she was sorry. Uh, and when she told him that he seemed to be pining for Julia, he couldn't deny that that he was and he was trying to compose I love the fact that she called him out on his pining yeah and I you know that's a good thing I mean Allison's in the real world too I think Mm -hmm. more so than the fantasy world Um, Allison didn't know her but she thought it was weird that she kept in touch with him given and it's like she's leading you on. And defensively, Paul was saying, yes, you just don't know her. You, of course, we know Gabriel is not. Gabriel's sort of standing aside because he, he's heard enough about how she feels about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so and he, just, you know, he's there to sort of nudge her one way or the other on that. Um. To which Paul had an unflattering word for the professor. I wonder what he called her. <laughs> called him. And she has. She was still for. Uh, it was. She was still for a moment, and then standing, said she'd see herself out. You know, I, I, she knew the end. Of conversation was ended. Paul followed her to the door and thanked her for the coffee and for what it was worth. He said that he was sorry. So Allison did not. Re- did not turn away and said, me too, you know. Uh, we asked, uh, was Julia completely clueless to how he felt yeah. about her? SR's response was, Julia isn't clueless. She knows he loves her, but she thought their friendship was important and he would want to continue being friends with her. However, at this point, it's just simply too difficult. So SR speaks so on that. I Julia have a isn't question. clueless. 
Yes. Julia is not clueless, as I always contend that she is. She knows he mm. loves her. Yeah, she just... But, but she's, she's in denial. In, again, that river in Egypt is a big, uh, big thing yeah. for her. And, and, you know, I think Anna raised yeah. a really good point. Um, well, there's a lot of good comments here. 100% both Gabriel and Paul are unrealistic regarding Julia. Gabriel's perpetrated by the Clarks who thought she was an angel. And Betty, I agree with you. I, I really agree with you on this point. I wish we did have this scene in the film just to show the character's evolution. But I always felt, I, I always wanted to have more of Paul because I, I feel like um, there was a lot of nuance that we didn't get to see um, in this storyline. Uh, Shell said Julia was wo the wounded mm -hmm. bird that they tried to help. And, and but, Betty's ready for the cage fight. <laughs> I like Anna's question. What would have happened had Gabriel not been at the symposium? Fodder for thought. And Allison can see Paul's obsession, which I thought was good. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that Julia would have strung him along and he may have had hope that maybe there was a separation that was going to be happening soon. And it, Turns and you know, and then it, when it isn't, he just gets us all over again. Yeah, I think he would have. Well, and also, there wouldn't have had the there wouldn't have been the discussion between Paul and Gabriel either. And I no, think no, I thought that was a really important discussion to have because I think they both gained a better appreciation of each other in that. Sure. Um, but he said, Paul's scenes are edited and you lose so much of his feelings and personal struggles. It takes away from all his dimensions. Um, Shell notes, Gabriel was an image in a photo. Julia built him on a pedestal and then punished him for not living up to her expectations. Question, uh, capital letters. Mm -hmm. And Elena notes that Paul doesn't like hearing the truth from Allison. I, I think... That might have been another reality check for him. That's true. Um. <laughs> now, my here's my question for the group. Do you think that Paul and Alice, this was a breakup between Paul and Allison for, for real this time? This was a goodbye for them? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, you know, because the way it, it just, when I read it, the way it felt that it was, um, you know, he was taken off. He, she was taken off. She wasn't coming back for that because she knew it was a hopeless case for him. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like Allison is, understands that he was in the midst of, writing this letter that he's really in the thick of it. And I think she's waiting it out. That's kind of how I viewed it. That now's not the right time. He's, he's, but eventually his feeling, I think she's hoping his feelings will fade for Julia. And so Betty's saying, no, Allison seems like she wouldn't accept this as the end, perhaps as a, wait a, a couple of days for things to cool and see how he's feeling later. Um, Ellie's saying, I think Paul was friend zoning Allison. 
I think so too. I mean, I, I just don't see that relationship moving forward. Mm -hmm. Just, it's too close to the, to the heartbreak of Julia, I think. Also. Mm -hmm. And I think she realizes that. Shell saying, I don't see them getting back together. And Ellie said, mm -hmm. Paul needs someone new, just like Paulina did. Mm -hmm. He needs separation. But we do know that there is somebody new coming into his life in Gabriel Front. Mm -hmm. so and Anna, as a, as a note uh, regarding um, Julia and the Clarks, um, noted the Clarks were the upper middle class family that wanted to rescue the all they need is love fallacy that we therapists and child welfare pros that work with abused and adopted children see as a huge red flag why adoption services are mandated and there's a requisite six months residency prior to finalization. So, yeah, I mean, this is, I, it was a, that's the, it's helpful to know what that policy is. So thank you for sharing. That. Mm -hmm. um, at least said both okay. Allison and it Julia hurt Paul. And Shell saying Paulina and her new relationships, a whole other thing. Um, Elena says, spoiler, well, we know she's going to continue to pursue him and there is a ski trip. However, Paul is still into the friendship. We know he's not looking long-term with Allison. Yeah, I think the term friend zone was a, mm -hmm. appropriate. There. Mm -hmm. uh, Flora agrees Paul needs to start, needs a new start completely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a certain ringtone on Paul's phone <laughs> sending out an SOS <laughs> Anna says the Clark good people that wanted but their lack of family services didn't allow for G to heal and also caused the rift between the brothers yeah mm -hmm. you know that's a hard I and I don't know whether you were on the podcast when I related the story about trying to, we were going to adopt my um, cousin's uh, daughter when she was like 10. And that is a very, it's a very, it's a, it was a big decision and it was very hard to look at all the logistics of it and, you know, to come to the realization that it would not be the best thing for her mm -hmm. or our family too, to be honest with you, yeah. uh, to have had brought her in. So guidance and uh therapy on that does help quite a bit i can honestly say that well i think that's having those support services is it's so key and anna thank you again for working in that field that's so desperately needed um betty says that paul doesn't seem like the type of guy who would hook up with anyone in order to forget julia his parents didn't raise him to use women in order for him to use them for sex in order to numb the pain Oh, I agree with that. I don't think, that I don't think Paul's looking Absolutely. to get over someone by getting under someone, as they say. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think I think he's going to kind of continue on. Um, and he's going to have to he's going to have to come to terms with his feelings and accept the fact that he's not going to be with Julia and maybe try see her in a more realistic light. Um, 
Anna notes, I feel bad for any girl that has a relationship with Paul to have to live up to the unrealistic expectation of the Julia he has created. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That is true. And it would, be, it would be hard for Julia to live up to that expectation as well. And, and, and that night in the kitchen when they were, she was moving to Boston, that's kind of what she was telling them. Yeah, yeah. And as Elena notes, and I think this is a great way to wrap up um, mm -hmm. or at least wind down the discussion, there were so many, there were just so many childhood screw-ups for these characters, but what a great story it gave SR to write. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. What, you know, what a creative, yeah. I mean, coming up with, obviously it's Twilight fanfic, but coming up with the whole twist on the Dante specialist and the academic world and putting it in this context and this setting, I just, I just, I'm so thankful mm -hmm. for SR and his writing because it brought me to all of you guys. That's true. That is very true. And I, was, I am always eternally grateful for that with Osar. He's created a very warm, loving community with, with people. So that's, that's mm -hmm. the best part. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm going to leave us with a, uh, one of Osar's favorites, although it's not Wednesday. Um, Business Time by Flight of the Conquest. <laughs> Everyone have a wonderful... So week please take care of yourselves i know it's a busy time of year um just very thankful for all of you and we're hopeful mm -hmm. that you can join on the read-along um that sr is starting um tomorrow mm -hmm. and we Absolutely. we will see you to talk about the next chapter uh next week and then Next two week. weeks from today, SR will be on. That's true. And the movie's coming out. So. Well, yeah. Everybody have a, have a good week. We'll talk later. Oh, yeah, that's it. And you tell me you want some more. Well, uh, I'm not surprised. But I'm quite sleepy. <laughs> <laughs>